In today's show, we look back at the four games on Thursday, discuss injuries to Clint Capella and Stephen Curry, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball. You can find me on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball as well on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball and on Substack at joshlloyd48.substack.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got a bit to talk about today. Four games only, so we'll talk about those. We'll talk about some news updates. We will, uh, yeah, we'll talk about all that. Plus, a new segment, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right, Steph Curry. Looks like we're looking at about a month out here for Steph. So that's putting us mid-January uh, for his return with that shoulder subluxation, dislocated shoulder. We think that when he comes back, he should be okay to go. Like no ramp-up period really, uh, maybe a little bit of rust, but he should be fine. I wouldn't think there'd be an ongoing back-to-back issue with him. We just hope that he's back within the four weeks or around the four-week mark. With Curry out, of course, Jordan Poole, who I was informed today, is not rostered in every league. And then... That was Alex Raclean who told me that. Went, fuck off, Alex, what are you talking about? And then I got a message saying, hey, uh, should I add Jordan Poole now? I'm like, yes, please do. Please add Jordan Poole. If for some reason your league has him on a way by, like, what are we doing? Add him, yes. The other beneficiary is going to be Dante DiVincenzo, I believe. Now, next game for the Warriors, he's going to have Wiggins out, but Clay will be back. Steph will be out. DiVincenzo will play big minutes. Kaminga also gets a bump, not into 12-team value, I don't think. And then you get someone like Moses Moody who gets a bump into like 18, 20 team value. That is how I see that. The DiVincenzo one's going to be one to monitor. He'll have that initial value. It'll probably taper as we get further along here as well. It's going to be a great sell high Jordan Poole moment. Just make sure you do that at the right time. Still a few weeks away from Tyrese Maxey returning. So we just keep running with DeAnthony Melton there. Maxey Kleber is out six to eight weeks. That really hurts. He's their best defensive player, I would say, pretty comfortably. It probably gives a few extra minutes there to Christian Wood. So maybe the Crucifix can benefit from that extra playing time and be able to put up more numbers and maybe start. I don't know. I don't know if they'll go that direction or not. And then we've got the other one in Atlanta with Clint Capella joining John Collins and DeJounte Murray on the sideline. One to two weeks with a calf injury. Go and add Onyeka Okongwu. Okongwu is not going to blow us away, I don't think, in this time, but he is going to be worth adding. I think it might be a similar situation to Jalen Duran in terms of short-term value. But in Detroit, Marvin Bagley's not on the injury report. So Duran probably doesn't play 30 minutes. Okongwu will maybe outstrip someone like Duran and Kessler in the short term. But when we're talking long-term value, I think those guys are going to be more useful. Now, you've got to decide, hey, do I really need to chase that value now? 
or is it better for me to get someone who might be 90% of the next week's worth of a Kongwu, but then outstrip him by 30% for the rest of the season, which I think is probably a more realistic expectation with bigs like Kessler and Duran. If you're holding on to Jalen Smith or Isaiah Jackson or something like that, yeah, turf them and grab a Kongwu. But in terms of looking at you know, those other longer-term play centers like Kessler and Duran, the two major ones that come to mind, I reckon they're going to be not far away from a Kongwu now and then provide more value as we move forward. The other one is Usman Jeng. He's out for six weeks with a wrist fracture. He was in the G League, so that doesn't matter too much. He had a few little nice moments, but just thought I'd report on that one. Anyway, question of the day. We'll give the answer at the end of the show. Drop this in the comments. Which team do you think will win the fewest games this season? Which team will give the fewest or will win the fewest games this season? As things currently stand, the Hornets are on seven wins, the Pistons are on eight, the Magic are on nine. The Spurs are on nine. The Rockets are on nine. Then you've got the Lakers and the Thunder with 11 wins. The Wizards and the Bulls with 11 wins. So who do you think ends the season with the fewest wins? Simple. Simple stuff, I think. I think it's pretty simple. The next thing we're going to do on some of these shows is a segment I'm going to call Trade Time. So I'm going to ask guys in certain areas, whether it's on Instagram or on Twitter or on YouTube, send me a trade that you're considering or it's been proposed or that you've just recently executed and we'll have a look at it and we'll think about it. And here's one that came through. It's um, a 12-team league, eight-category league. It's a trade. Mike Conley and Jaden McDaniels for Scotty Barnes. Now, I look at that one, I think it's pretty obvious. But there'll be others that disagree with that. I'd love to know, what, what do you think of this trade? What's your immediate reaction? I think it is pretty clear that you want the Scotty Barnes side of this. But maybe not. Like that, that, there, are, there are arguments that you could go either way on this. Like you could say, well, Conley's assists are super valuable. McDaniel's defensive stats are super valuable. I think, to me, it is clear that it is Barnes. He's been very up and down. And it's almost the ideal situation in terms of a little bit of a buy-low, although it's hard to buy-low on Barnes after his last game, um, but also consolidating some solid enough players in Jaden and Conley and getting into one player. And then that opens up your value on your waiver wire to stream guys in to add the opportunities that come, like Dante DiVincenzo, like Onyekura Kongwu, which has just appeared in the last little um, bit of time. You, know, you are you are in a situation where you're you, know, you you are like Barnes is giving you more scoring on a per game basis, but there's other two give you more, but you don't need much to make up for that. You are losing three pointers for sure. Um, you're gaining rebounds. You're losing assists most likely, although that that can be debatable. Um, you're losing a little bit of steals and your blocks are about right. But you do lose, I think, some shooting percentage and you lose free throw percentage. So it's not as lopsided as it may appear because Barnes has his issues and Barnes you know, hasn't been like at his best at all this season. I think we're, we're well aware of that. And you know, this is going to be a little bit of balancing what your team needs. In general, if it's even close, I'll take the one side of things in a 12-team in a league. What do you think about that deal? How would you view that? I am very, very interested to see how... I think most people will take Barnes, but I'd like to know what you guys think. Let's look at the waiver wire. The most added players over the last 24 hours. Nikhil Alexander-Walker up 27%. That is on the back of his big performance last game. It's on the back of the fact that he does play on Thursday as well. We'll talk about his production later on. 
and then we'll see whether that made sense. Tory Craig up 18%. He's just a perfect schedule stream sort of a player. DiVincenzo up 17. I love it. Tyus Jones up 16. That's a schedule stream with that little bit of value holding on for depending on what happens with Jar Morant and his consistent injuries. Bismack Biombo, that was a hedge to see if Aiton played. He did not. So there we go. Gordon Hayward up 12%. Yeah, I think he should be grabbed everywhere. And it doesn't actually matter. Oh, he'll get injured in two weeks. Who gives a shit, right? It's a waiver wire ad. You didn't pick him in round six or round seven here. You got him for free off the waiver wire. And if he gets hurt in two weeks' time, oh, well, you move on, you get someone else. He's likely back tomorrow. So is Rob Williams, by the way. Didn't mention that. Should have mentioned it. Rob Williams and Gordon Haywood likely both back tomorrow. Um, but if Haywood stays healthy for three months, well, you've just found yourself a top 90 player off the waiver wire. Right, it's a clear must-add situation. Grayson Allen up 11%. A little bit of streaming there on the low-volume day. He didn't have a great game today, but it's not a bad add and a hold. And then a Kongu up 8%. I reckon we'll see that number rise as well now that we do have the diagnosis on Capella. He's a worthwhile grab. In terms of the guys dropped, Jose Alvarado down 19%. Yeah, look, he's not a 12-team league guy. I think that's relatively clear. Marvin Bagley down 18%. Now he's escaped injuries off the injury report. We'll see what Casey does with the um, minutes distribution. But in a 20-minute-a-night role, there's just no use in Marvin Bagley, I don't think. Pokyshevsky down 17 Good riddance. Jordan Goodwin down 14%. Yep, that is the way it's going to go, especially if Beal returns next game. Kavon Looney down 12 He's only a schedule stream. Sadiq Bay down 9 I've been telling you to drop him for weeks. I agree with that. Jalen Noel down 9 That's curious. With D'Angelo Russell still questionable, Jordan McLaughlin still dealing with a calf injury. If I had Noel, I probably would have held him through this. Don't really get the motivation for that. And then Sticks. By yeah, Jalen Smith's a drop. So is Isaiah Jackson, by the way. By the way, guys, it is December 15th, the day that so many media outlets have been telling you that NBA trade season is going to kick off. And there's going to be a flurry of activity. And like every single year, there is nothing. This is, it never happens. You get, everyone gets worked up about it. I'm oh, just wait till December 15th. No, there's no need for it. Nothing happened. Nothing was ever going to happen. Nothing probably will ever happen on December 15th. Just be aware that this is brought to you as a media hype of when these players are eligible and they try and make up that stuff's going to happen. It doesn't. You might get one trade this calendar year before um, New Year's Eve. You might, you might get one. And you'll probably get like two before the deadline. That's usually how all of this works. You might get two. If you're lucky, you get three. But that's it. Anyway, that's done and dusted. Today's episode is brought to you by, how do I say these? What's, 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 N, NHTSA. You're hanging with some friends. You're putting back a few drinks and a few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think to yourself, oh, I'll call for a ride. Nah, 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 I live nearby. It's fine. I, I can make it. It's no big deal. What are the odds that you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone, right? That's a terrible outcome. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy, but it's not your traditional daily fantasy that we have seen over and over again. It is not salary cap based. It's not against thousands of people. It's you versus player projections. You just get two to six individual player projections, stick them into a lineup, whether it is 
someone like Gordon Hayward over under 12.5 points or whatever it is, or LaMelo Ball's 9.5 assists. You put those together to two to six individual player projections, and you can win up to 25 times your entry fee. You can do that entry in under 60 seconds. You can do it in over 30 US states, and you can do it in Canada. And you can do it for stuff that's not just the NBA. Disc golf, NFL, NHL, baseball, when that's cracking again, college basketball, college football, PGA, boxing, MMA, uh, professional rowing, darts, I don't know. There's so many different sports that are out there. So download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. So don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, let's, um, let's go in to look at the games. Now, I introduced dark mode yesterday. I think the majority of comments were positive, but there were quite a few negative. Now, when I look back at it, I tried to look at it on my phone. I was looking on the screen. I, I can read it, right? I, I, I do think that it probably looks a little bit better in light mode. But I made a couple of changes to the dark mode display today. Let's see what the second response... It's also jarring when you've been seeing something in white the whole time and then it comes up in black. You're like, ah, what am I looking at? Right? So the people that hated it yesterday, I made a couple of tweaks and I don't have full control over how this looks. It's not my website. It's ESPN. And I'm trying to use third-party things to put up good dark mode versions because I don't have one. All right, so I've tried something. Make it a little bit better. We will see. Let me know. We're going with dark mode again. Let's see how it looks. <sighs> Miami versus Houston. Does that look better? Let me know, please. I'm, I am really interested because again, if I, if I get a lot of people hating it, I probably will just go back to the original format, but you know, I'm still not, um, still not going to, I'm still, I'm still not sure. I'm still up in the air and trying to figure out what we're going to do with this. Let's look at the game. Miami 111, Houston 108. This bloke, Tyler Hero. Shouldn't take heat, the Heat playing him 40 minutes to beat the Rockets, but it did. The, the Heat were without Bam and Vincent and Lowry and Oladipo. But he's on a real heater at the moment. 41 points with 10 triples and 6 rebounds, 65% shooting. It is a gigantic sell high for Hero. His usage is down 3 percentage points from last season. He's shooting very well. His rebounding is sky high. But there is a real fear for me that there's going to be a drop-off from this level of production. So if I could get a top 40 player, top 50 player, I would do it. Jim Butler returned 20 and 10, seven assists, four steals and three blocks. That's a sensational game, apart from the fact that the ever-reliable Jimmy Butler went six of 10 from the line. Al. Caleb Martin got hurt at the end, went to the locker room, didn't return. I don't have an update on that injury just yet. 31 minutes, 13 points, a sweet bucket of nothing after that. They play on Saturday, which is a low-volume day. After that, he's just not a must-roster guy, nor is the winter soldier Max Struess, who had 12 points with two threes. Also chimed in five assists. But this dude's not going to touch 30 minutes when this team's healthy. And there's no reason to hold him outside of schedule streaming. With Bam out, they made the cool decision to start Udonis Haslam. Zero points in 11 minutes. Missed all four of his shots. I mean, sure. Like, the bloke's there to catch, cash a check, let's be honest. He's there to pay back, get paid back by the organization. Not to start games, Eric Spolster. Come on, mate. Orlando Robinson was the interesting one. 36 minutes off the bench. Only nine points, but three assists, six rebounds, three steals, two blocks. I don't think there's anything to really see long-term. Bam's not a long-term injury here. And they're just as likely to cut Robinson and re-sign Drew Smith for the 20th time this season. But he is a guy that put up good numbers at Fresno State, had good fantasy translations, and in the times that he's gotten minutes, they've been, they've been good minutes. I like him a little bit as a backup player. I think he's a better player than Nikola Jovic at the moment, who was a DMPCD. Haywood Highsmith had two steals and two threes in 30 minutes, but he's been sort of in and out of the rotation while Dunkey Robinson hit two triples. Cool for him. 
For the Rockets, Kevin Porter Jr., old cousin, 36 minutes, 21, 7, and 5, four steals and a block. It's a great game. 59% shooting. It's a great game. He has been quite up and down, we know, this season, but he's a top 80 player. Smashed it through his ADP. And Jalen Green had a good game, too, who's been not at his best, clearly. Rough shooting, 38%, but he had three steals, which we don't normally get. 22 points, only one three, one assist. So there's plenty of room still for him to improve. Someone who has improved, and I really like how he looks at the moment, Jabari Smith. Thirty-two minutes, fifteen and eleven with a three. No defensive stats, still poor shooting, but top seventy over the last week, pushing inside the top one fifty for the year. It's kind of going up and up, and I like that. While Elperin Shingun did suffer an ankle injury late, went to the locker room, came back, sat on the bench, didn't come back into the game. Was dicked around before that in terms of minutes because they decided that they want to play Ujman Garuba, and I do not trust Stephen Silas with Shingun's minutes for a single second. Twelve and five with two assists and a block is still actually really useful. But we're just all over the place in terms of production. He's a top 70 player this year, Shangun, But it could easily be way higher. We just know that there's all this uncertainty. One thing I do like for those of you in deeper leagues, Taito Washington, who I've been telling you to keep an eye on, he replaced Station Nix as the backup point guard. That is very important for deeper leagues and dynasty leagues. I think Washington's clearly better than Nix. I think Washington has starter upside or maybe Tyus Jones like starter slash backup hybrid upside. I, I think he's a good player. He had two points with five assists here. In 12 minutes, just one for deeper leagues to watch. And of course, one of the most impactful rookies in the NBA, Tari Eason, played 16 minutes. Only had five points with one block. Didn't shoot particularly well. He remains that luxury stash who's giving you 14-team league value with the upside that might come in three months, but we just don't know because, again, there are poor rotation decisions made all the time. KJ Martin shouldn't be near a 12-team league. Uh, 10 points in 21 minutes, rough from the line, no defensive stats, three rebounds. He is actually outside the top 200 for the season. He occasionally has a solid game, but he's obviously not someone we want to roster. And Eric Gordon had 12 points with four threes on you know, 36% shooting, which is uh, whatever the opposite of good is. Let's um, let's tell you that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting info, stats, and news and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for all professional and amateur leagues out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup final. They've got it all at betonline.net. They're the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting info, like looking at the Browns hosting the Ravens. Deshaun Watson, has he even thrown a touchdown yet in his return? I don't think so. But they're three-point favorites against the Baltimore Ravens over at BetOnline for that game. What is it? Saturday? Yeah, we've got Saturday games this week. There you go. That's a Saturday game. So head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go to the second game. Um, I I don't really know what we're getting out of this game. It was a blowout really early. The Grizzlies win 142-101. There was no Drew Holiday for Milwaukee, but otherwise they were healthy. Bobby Portis continued his strong run. Massive sell high. Massive. 19-7 and seven in 22 minutes. Giannis, he might be a buy low. I don't know what is happening here with his field goal percentage, but it's horrific. He's like the 12th percentile in mid-range shooting and short mid-range shooting, like just like floater range. You can't hit anything. It's terrible. And he was bad here, 39%, 19, 6, and 5. It is a big, big drop for Giannis at the moment. And the free throws continue to be abominable. We just thought we'd get, you know, 62%, two-point percentage from him, really good field goals. We knew we'd deal with the free throws, but it's been much, much worse. His block rate has also dropped. Very disappointing, um, especially recently from Giannis. Jordan Wara chipped in 10 points. That's garbage time. If you want to talk by lows, let's talk Chris Middleton. Three points on 8% shooting. Shout out to Mikhail Bridges. He did have five assists, but this is as wide open a by low window as you will see. 
give up a top 100 guy. That's it. Like, no more. That's it. Like, I don't, I don't know that he's going to get better. I'm really confident that he is. I, I know he's not this player. But also remember, this is his preseason. He didn't play in the preseason. He's three or four games back. It will take a little bit of time, maybe. But I think once we hit January at the very latest, he's going to be rolling. He hasn't lost all of his ability overnight. There's a very clear buy low window. As for Brook Lopez, I'm not sure. 180th ranked player over the last week. We knew so much of what was happening was unsustainable. The block rate through the roof. He's 180th over that last week. I think I just said that. Four points in 18 minutes. No blocks, 17% shooting. I don't know that he's a buy low. I think he's a hold, but it is going downwards very fast. And maybe the return of Middleton's going to have some of an impact, somewhat of an impact on him. Um, yeah, not directly, but it means less big lineups, more Portis at the five, and that, and then the inevitable drop off of insane counting stat rates. Grayson Allen had four points on 29%. It was just a stinker for everyone in this game. And I don't really, outside of the Middleton by low, the Lopez concern, I don't know what else we need to take out of it. On the Grizzlies side, similarly. Like Jar played 26 minutes and had 25, 10, and 10. Shot shockingly, but still, the numbers are great. Dylan Brooks, 18 points, four assists, 50% shooting. He remains a 12-team guy if you're punting field goals while Bain is out. Tyus Jones in 19 minutes had 16 points. The hold was worth it. Santi Aldama played 27 minutes. That's because Jaron got into foul trouble and it was a blowout, but it's a good game from Santi. I don't think that he's a 12-team league guy at all, but there's always going to be stream options for him. Brandon Clark went back to the bench and did 12 and 6. He's not a 12-team hold. While Jaron had early foul trouble, ended with 4,013 minutes, had 4 and 6, just a rough night from him. And Johnny Concha had 5 and 3. What? Remains just a schedule type stream while Bain is out, but absolutely not. Uh, a must, must hold through every scenario. He's fine to have. He's good to use on the schedule days. But this stunk. This game stunk. It was uh, just an absolute blowout and ass kicking from the very beginning. And uh, that's where we are. All right, let's do the next one. The Pelicans and the Jazz. Crazy game. Went to overtime. The Jazz win it second time in two games that they beat the uh, the Pelicans. It was 132-129, the final score here. Let's talk about Zion. He played 42 minutes. 31, 8 and 8, 2 blocks, 50 from the field, 75 from the line. He's really rolling. We're really seeing, I don't know if optimize Zion's the right word, but like how much, how damaging he can be. Like he's been unbelievable. Um, and, and it just keeps, it just keeps happening. Christian James McCollum, apart from whatever that was on the final three-point shot, like Conley was giving him nightmares, knocked it away twice on the inbound pass. And then he finally shook Conley and got Clarkson switched on him and was too bothered to see where Clarkson was to try and maybe my drawing, drawing a foul rather than just shoot the fucking thing. Sorry, language. Um, but he missed it. Anyway, 28-6-4, two blocks, three threes. Good game overall. And Larry Nance played 29 minutes, 13-9, a triple one, 67% shooting, including and just an incredible block to send the game to overtime as well as an incredible tip out to send the, or for them to tie it up before that block happened. I tweeted out today, and it was pretty controversial, apparently, according to people's responses. I said, I think look, Larry Nance is good. I think he's the second most important player on this team. He's not the second best player, right? I think that's Brandon Ingram. But I think Nance is the most important to what they do because you can survive without Ingram, I think, especially in, in regular season games. You can survive without him because you've got Zion and CJ to carry the offense. If you don't have Nance, then you're relying upon Valanciunas or Hernan Gomez as your center. And then you're rooted. Because who do you replace Nance with? Like There is no one defensive on this team who can do that. Jackson Hayes can't do it. 
Hernan Gomez can't do it. Valanciunas can't do it. I guess they could play Zion at center. He also can't do it, by the way. He's not a good defensive center. So that's what I was trying to get across. Not that he's the second best player or even the third best player necessarily. Is that he's the most sort of uh, irreplaceable guy that if they lose him, that it impacts everything that they do, scheme-wise, rotation-wise, and it impacts their chances of winning, I think. So, do you agree with that or not? I'm sure most of you said, ah, Ingram's definitely their second most important player. And that's fine. I just have a different view of it. Anyway, Herb Jones had foul trouble. In fact, he fouled out 21 minutes. But getting that sort of usage from Herb is nice. 12-4-4, and good game. I still don't believe that he's a must-roster player, but this was good. While um, Trey Murphy started off stinkingly, hit the, the three to tie it up at the end of regulation, played 33 minutes, 12 points, three threes, five rebounds. It's not a terrible game. It's not a great game. I still think he is a soft hold while Ingram is out, but if there are other longer-term moves you want to make, like perhaps a certain backup center on the team that they're against, yes, do it. Move him. Get rid of him. Get someone else in. If you want to try a Kongwu win, if you want to try DiVincenzo, I get it. I think he's still going to be solid here, Trey. This was a mid-game. But you know, I get the the urge to get rid of him. I do. Najee Marshall played 33 minutes. I think in large part that is because of the minutes or the limit to Jones with the fouls. He was pretty good again. Four steals, 13 points. I don't think that he's a 12-team league guy. While Daniels played 19, Devontae Graham played 20, and it was another absolute stinker from Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas. He played 26 minutes, but six points, nine rebounds. I, I don't think he's a drop. But if I'm in an eight-team league, he is a drop. A 10-teamer, uh, a real soft hold. Um, a 10-team points league, I think you can get rid of him. 12-teamer, I think he's a hold. But it's rough, really rough. Speaking of something that was rough, but isn't anymore. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Now, before today's game, Clarkson was outside the top 270 over the last week. And he casually dropped in 39 points in 39 minutes, the man on the street. Seven triples, eight rebounds, two assists, two steals. Unfortunately, just two of three from the line, but great game nonetheless. And Markkinen had 31 and five in his 42 minutes. I'll get to the good stuff in a second. Olenek had 14 and seven in 35 minutes, but shot horribly. Remains a 12-team league guy, of course. And Beasley had 17 in, 30, in 26 minutes. Now, Colin Sexton is day-to-day. He might return next game. So we talked earlier about Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He played 21 minutes. He won't play 21 minutes next game. He had seven points. He had a steal. He had a block. That's all well and good, and he's solid enough. He's ahead of Taylor Horton Tucker, rightfully so in the rotation, but you can jack him out of 12-team leagues. Get that garbage out of here! Remember the chirping of how good Jared Vanderbilt was last game? Man, I love Jared Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, what a great what a great guy. Awesome. He had three and six in 21 minutes. Didn't have foul trouble. He had the two steals. The offensive production is going to come and go. What he is is a rebounder, and even six is not that much. The two steals is, is really good. He never blocks shots. He is still a 12-team hold, but I think the other guy might be better. Walker Kessler played 28 minutes, closed the game, played overtime, and played all of that basically with five fouls. 11 and 8, another three blocks, 100% from the field. He's almost top 150 for the season. He's top 100 over the last week, top 90 over the last week, actually. I, 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 I can't not tell you that he's a must-roster player. He is. He's a must-roster player, Walker Kessler. He won't get 28 every night. He might only play 20, but he's getting 20 basically every night. And I think he should play, much like Larry Nance does, I think he should play the majority of the minutes at center. I think he's actually, from where, from where he is as a rookie, I think he's really like so far ahead of what any expectation could have been. I really like him out there. Beasley had 17 points with four triples in 26 minutes, and he holds on at his 12-team league value. We'll see what happens when Sexton comes back. But before Conley and Sexton got hurt, 
Beasley was getting the minutes over Sexton. Sexton played 22 and Beasley played 27. We'll see that whether that continues. That makes Sexton a hard hold, of course, if that's what it's really tough to hold him, if that's what they continue to do. But let's watch it. But Beasley has been playing really well, continues to play really well. We'll definitely have some streaks where he sucks, but he's on a nice little hot streak at the moment. All right, let's go to the final game. And while I was waiting for this final game to, to come up, I did make another little adjustment to the dark mode. Let me know if this is better. I think it is. I think it is. All right, the big reveal. Ooh. We'll see. I don't know. Um, Phoenix smashes the Clippers. 111.95 is the final score here in this one. Um, Phoenix was, yeah, they were not full, not full strength, obviously, because Aiden was out. But the Clippers had everyone out. No Jackson, no Canard, no George, no Paul. Paul, no Powell. Sorry, no Zubats, no Kawhi. A lot of players out in this one. Chris Paul played 36 minutes and looked better. 15, 7, and 13, two steals and a block. Great. We knew that he was going to improve. Mikhail Bridges, we knew that he was going to improve as well. I don't know what the hell Monty Williams is doing in an like 18-point game with four minutes left playing these guys through to the end. But Bridges played 39 minutes in like a, what, 16-point blowout? 27 and 6, a steal, two blocks, 61% shooting. Good to see him back on track. While there was no Aiden, so they started Biombo. He had 5 and 5, and it was Landale who came through. 27 minutes for Jock. I've seen a lot of American people. <laughs> I don't know why this is. I don't know why it makes me laugh all the time. But a lot of American commentators call him Landale. It's Landale. It's not, a, it's not Lan. Lan. It's Landale. Jock Landale. I don't know. It's, it makes me laugh every time. Jack Land, Jack Landale, Landale, Land. Let's go. Fifteen and ten in twenty-seven. I've lost my mind. Fifteen and ten in twenty-seven minutes for Landale, Landale, with two blocks, good field goals, good free throws. But let's be fair, Aiton's probably going to be back next game, so I wouldn't rush to drop Biombo and add Landale. I would. Okay, now I'm going to screw it up. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold Biombo. I wouldn't grab Jock. I wouldn't do any of those things. I think like if we see Aiton is out next game, then. We take a flyer and we'll probably be wrong. And it'll probably be Biombo next game and not Landau. Landau is good, but the minutes go back and forward almost every single game between him and Bismack. Devin Booker was like bad, 27% shooting, but at least he's back. It's always great in a blowout to play the bloke with a hamstring tightness 35 minutes. Shout out to Tom Thibodeau. 14, 4 and 4 for him on 27% shooting. He is not at his best. We knew there was going to be a drop off for Booker once Paul came back. But it's like the triple whammy effect that the impact of the lower assists and the lower usage of Paul coming back is now tying in to just a horrific shooting stretch from Booker. It will turn around. Don't panic. I'm sure no one is. But if you are, don't. Damian Lee, only 15 minutes for seven points there. Well, Landry Shamit went from starting and scoring okay to doing jack shit in true Landry Shamit style. Six points in 20 minutes for him. Oh, I didn't talk about Josh Kogi, who honestly has been really good. 25 minutes, 11-11, two steals and a block. I don't know where he fits long-term or what his role is, but he's taking minutes away from Shamit and Lee. He's getting minutes with Cam Johnson out. In 16-team leagues, you at least have to look at it. In 14-team leagues, I look a little closer as well. I don't think we need to do it in 12s. It did help in this one that Tory Craig only played 18 minutes due to foul troll, but Akogi is playing really well. For the Clippers, as I said, everyone was out really. Jackson, George, Kennard, Powell, Zubats, Leonard and Zubats is going to be out Saturday as well, it looks like. So I guess you can stream the C part of Moses Brown. He's, he's not great. 23 minutes, 5 points for Brown with 12 rebounds and a block on 33% shooting. 
but there's an opportunity there. But as what happens with this team all the time, there's just too many options. Nick Batum was rolling 30 minutes a night, 27 minutes a night, everyone out, so he plays 10. What? Three points, two shots. He'd been cranking. Uh, what do you do with this? He's not. There's not enough upside value in Batum to be considered a must-roster 12-team league player. You can stream, and it was a perfect time to stream him. And then you look at him and go, far out. Like, get rid of him. It was Terrence Mann who went off. 22-11 and 11 with four threes. But we know there's no chance of Mann doing this when George and Kawhi play next game. Marcus Morris, 14-7, and seven, solid enough. But his upside isn't high enough to hold through everything. John Wall had 12-4-5, and five, but of course he was dreadful from the field at 33%, like he always is, and he's not a must-roster player. We got 8-8 eight and eight from Musa Diabate. We got 16 points in 24 minutes from BJ Boston. Just throw this game in the bin, really. 16 minutes from my man, Jason Preston. Preston? I like that guy. Preston! Blog, blog boy legend, Jason Preston, who had three assists in those 16 minutes. I, th I think you throw everything out here, understanding that Zubats will miss next game, but it could be Batum, it could be Covington, it could be Morris, it could be Brown, it could be Diabate that step up in his absence. I would consider streaming Moses. I don't feel good about it. I don't feel confident about it in the slightest. Let's look at the lines of the night. The Monstrous does go to Tyler Hero of the Miami Heat. The waiver wire line of the night is Terrence Mann. The young of the night is the big fella in Utah, Walker Kessler. And the dud of the night is Michael Conley. The top 10 players in category leagues today. Number one is Hero, followed by Clarkson, Markinen, Williamson, Jim Butler, Terrence Mann, Kevin Porter Jr., Chris Paul, Christian James McCollum, and Mikhail Bridges. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Mann was one. Like, don't care. Like, not going to be a 12 or 14 team league guy. Akogi, I just spoke about. Landau, yeah, good. Very good game. Aiden's probably back next game, so it means nothing. Orlando Robinson, yeah, Bam will be back next game, so that also means nothing. But it's something just to keep in our mind. Tyus Jones, well, you know my story there. Like, he's a hold in, in a strong position league where you can deal with some poor performances, but the upside is huge if Jar is out. Haywood Highsmith, a resting benefit game. David Roddy, a blowout benefit game. Najee Marshall, eh, I don't think he's a 12-team league guy anymore. Neither is Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And Zaya Williams was okay, but nothing really. To, there's not much there to look at from like, ooh, look at all these great waiver options that popped up. Not much at all. Um, top 10 players in points leagues, Jim Butler, Zion Williamson. Number three was Jar, then followed by Jordan Clarkson, Tyler Hero, Chris Paul, Kevin Porter Jr., CJ McCollum at, uh, at eight, Terrence Mann at nine, and Mikhail Bridges at 10. And my answer to the question of the day, which team wins the fewest games this season? I think it's going to be the San Antonio Spurs. That's my guess at this point. We can readjust this as we go on, but I think the Spurs are going to finish with the worst record in the NBA. I'm looking forward to seeing your answers. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. And if you're here on YouTube, you thumb it up and you leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.